What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to another bonus episode of Improv Tabletop, the show that's usually an RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot, but we're doing another choose-your-own-adventure book today, baby! Woo! <laughs> I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... The Christian Randall. And the McKenna Steele. Yeah, look at that. You, your voices have changed so much since 10,000 Things. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, it's been a long time. I think we sound exactly the same. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a hard transition from 2022 to 2023, and some of us took it a little bit harder (laughs) than others, it seems. Yeah, took it really hard. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, we've got uh, a very fun choose-your-own-adventure book we're going through. Very on-brand for McKenna, we're doing the book Ghost Hunter. Yeah! (laughs) You, more than probably anybody I know, are super into, like, the Ghost Hunter TV shows and whatnot. I... Love them for two reasons. And they are number one, sometimes I feel like there is actually like some spooky episodes where I'm like, oh, oh, Christian, I need you to cuddle me extra good tonight. I'm scared. But also, mm-hmm. that rarely happens. And majority of the time, it's just because they're so absurd in who they are as people mm-hmm. that I just laugh my way through the episodes. And it's just, it's a really good comedy relief for me frankly. I'm really interested to see which direction this book leans. Like, is it going to be a spooky book or is it going to be just like laughy, laughy goof-em-ups the entire time? You can't have one without the other. That's a good point. I mean, like Cave of Time didn't really take itself very seriously. I mean, even in moments <laughs> when you're like getting eaten by the Loch Ness Monster, it was still a pretty just wacky time overall. I don't know. That, that not a sheep was pretty <laughs> freaky. <laughs> Yeah, we still don't know what it was to this day, but we know what we're hunting right now, and that is a ghost, apparently. Ghosty boys! Yeah, so this is book number 52 in the Choose Your Own Adventure series. There's so many! I did take a quick look at the very, very first page, and apparently this book is a spiritual sequel of sorts to the 10th book, no, the 9th book, Who Killed Harlow Thromby? next week with the prequel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of continuity between these books, it turns out. We got this one is hearkening back to Who, Who Killed Carlo Thromby. We've got Cave of Time and then Return to the Cave of Time. So <laughs> we're going to get the advanced experience and then maybe at some point we'll see what actually happened with the death of Harlow Thromby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of... Ever since you solved the Harlow Thromby murder case, your service as a private detective has been much in demand. Harlow Thromby was one of the richest men in town, and it was a surprise when he called you in to help find out who was plotting against his life. Unfortunately, Thromby was murdered the very night you began your investigation. His widow, Jane Thromby, was a prime suspect, but you proved her innocence. Oops, spoilers for who killed Harlow Thromby. (laughs) (laughs) And afterward, she continued to live in their huge Victorian house until she died of a heart attack a few months ago. You've enjoyed being a private detective, but lately you've been thinking about going into a new field. In fact, you've decided to become a ghost hunter. Yeah. Yeah, Apparently being a private detective is not a very stable field if you choose to be a ghost hunter instead. I mean... What if all crime stopped? People would still die. That's That's true. true. There's always ghosts, but there might not always be crime. I don't know. Like, a ghost, I feel like the, the creation of a ghost has to involve some kind of crime of passion, some sort of great fervor, some unfinished business. What about a joke that 
you died before you could tell the punchline. Ooh, that's how I'm going to go out. That's a lot better than my example. Let's keep it. Mine was very dark. That is Ned's Ned's future. He's going to be about to tell the punchline, and then then he'll be a ghost. And then we'll be like, Ned! Ned! And I will haunt you with my punchline for the rest of eternity. (laughs) Now, a little bit more background about us as a ghost hunter. What got you interested was a magazine article on the subject. The authors said that in most cases, a haunted house was once the scene of a murder. This fact tied in with some news you heard recently. After Jane Thromby died a few months ago, a man named Howard Grimstone, there's a name for ya. (laughs) I love him. Howard Grimstone bought the Thromby place. Neighbors say that strange things have been going on there. Lights on late at night, guard dogs patrolling the grounds, weird sounds coming from the house. The more you think about it, the more it seems that the ghost of Harlow Thromby has come to haunt the house where Thromby was murdered. And if lights on late is a sign of a murder having occurred, then I wonder what people think of me. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. Haven't killed anybody just reading Pathfinder Adventures. Don't worry. Now, another thing in the article caught your eye. The article said that Professor Zeebak, who is supposed to be one of the world's leading authorities on ghosts, works at the Institute for Occult Studies only a few miles from where you live. How convenient. Ah, it was meant to be. Now, unfortunately, the author of the article did not seem to have a high opinion of Dr. Zeebak. In fact, he said this. Dr. Zeebak has interviewed hundreds of people who claim to have seen ghosts. He admits to never having seen a ghost himself. How can he be so sure then that ghosts really exist? Doesn't he know that people have a way of seeing what they want to see or what they're afraid of seeing? Dr. Zeebak's quote evidence unquote for the existence of ghosts seems no more convincing than all the so-called evidence for UFOs and ESP. Ha ha ha. <laughs> let me add him. Let me add him. So we ask various other people if they know anything about Dr. Zeebak, and a neighbor of ours, Mrs. Waleka, says that she's known Dr. Zeebak for many years. I don't know whether his theories about ghosts are true or not, but I do know this, she says. He is an honest man. You wonder if it would be useful to see Dr. Zeebak or not. Do we want to pay a call on Professor Zeebak, or do we just start our ghost hunting without delay? Listen. If he has so much like experience, like maybe he hasn't seen a ghost, but like he's got he's got the hookups, and I feel like we could use some hookups. If nothing else, maybe he has some equipment we could use, some cool stuff. Mm. That's what I meant by hookups. Yeah, because this oh. book was written in 1986. That's before you could just download an app on your phone to try and talk <laughs> to ghosts. <laughs> I have experience with that, and it, I mean it's been very handy to have. <laughs> <laughs> Well, unfortunately, we are going to have no such resource in 1986. Although, who knows? Maybe Professor Zeebak does have a cell phone. (laughs) Let's find out. Within an hour, we knock on the door of Professor Zeebak's office at the Institute. A moment later, you are greeted by a tall, slim man wearing a tweed vest and a polka dot bow tie. So we're talking to Bill Nye. (laughs) He ushers you into a tiny office, which is made even smaller by huge stacks of books piled up against the walls. Sit down and make yourself comfortable. The professor taps the ashes out of his pipe and stuffs in some tobacco, but evidently deciding you might not want to sit in a room full of smoke, he lays the pipe down on his already cluttered desk. That's very kind. What can I do for you? I'm sorry, but I have to go to a meeting and I only have a few minutes. Well, you say, clearing your throat, I read that you've done a lot of research on ghosts. I thought maybe you could give me a few tips. Tips, the professor frowns. Well, it's a very complicated subject, not one that boils down to a few tips. That being said, I will tell you this. Number one, ghosts exist. 
but they normally don't exist in a way in which we are aware of their existence, so most of the time it doesn't matter whether they exist or not. I don't quite follow, you start to say. <laughs> it's Schro- no, I don't. <laughs> it's Schrodinger's ghost. Is what <laughs> yeah, I love how the author is just like, I wrote something that I think sounds really cool, but you probably don't understand it. So I'm just going to have you in the book say that you don't understand. <laughs> we'll just save you the trouble of embarrassing yourself, you know. So we start to tell the professor that we don't quite follow, but he interrupts us with an upraised finger. I'm not surprised you can't follow. It's very complicated, as I say. But what I say next, you can follow. Number two, ghosts don't hurt people. You are more likely to be hurt if you run from a ghost than if you go toward it. Okay, how do we feel about this item number two? I like his gumption. I feel like it could be in the sense, like, you know, if like if you're running from, like, a bear, they'll chase after you and kill you. But if you stand up to it and make yourself look big and tall, then it doesn't. Okay, uh... Before you go hiking, anybody, read what kind of bears might be in the area, because that advice is not true for all bears. <laughs> I don't I don't associate with bears, so I didn't know. It, it partially depends on, like, what kind of ghost lore we're going with, because if we're just like, ghosts are incorporeal spirits that cannot interact with the human plane, then sure, they can't hurt us. But if it's like a D&D ghost, it can definitely hurt you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and then here's the thing. I've been listening to another podcast about, um, Mm -hmm. it's called Unexplained Encounters, not a plug, um, or a plug, not an ad. Um, But (laughs) they've been talking a lot about Wendigos, and I know you're probably not supposed to say that. They're so spooky. They're really spooky. But according to a game, and I I don't know much information on this, they can't see you if you hold still. But if you're running, they can see you. Mm. I don't know. It was in in, uh, Until Dawn. I watched Markiplier play it. I feel like I'm spreading false information. We should ignore me. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, maybe we should follow Dr. Ziebling, Ziebestadt. What was this guy's I'm name call again? I'm going to Doc Z. Zubat. Doc, Professor Zebak is, we'll just call him Professor Zubat. I like yeah. that a lot better. <laughs> Professor Zubat screeches at you and takes a gold watch out of his pocket and looks at it. Oops, I'm very late. As he gets to his feet and grabs his jacket from the coat stand, he waves his pipe at you. Goodbye. I wish you luck. Good day. Ah! Before you can even thank the professor, he's out the door. Oh no, I'm confused. You glance around the cluttered little office a moment and then head for home, thinking about what he said. Mm. You're sitting at your desk, thinking about how you might begin your work as a ghost hunter when the phone rings. It's your old friend, Jenny Mudge. That's quite a coincidence. Jenny, who is also a private detective, helped you solve this Harlow Thromby murder case. What? How are wow. things, you ask? Spoilers. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't go back and do the Who Killed Harlow Thromby. <laughs> no, we've already because, figured out everything. Yeah, well, technically, we don't actually know who killed Harlow Thromby, but may- we'll see if that gets spoiled later on. We'll find out. <laughs> Jenny replies in her usual lively voice. Very fine. I've stopped being a private detective and decided to become a ghost hunter. Must be something in the air. <laughs> yeah, nice. a ghost in the air. That's amazing, you say. Great minds think alike. I was just about to see if I can find out whether Harlow Thromby's ghost has returned to haunt his old house. Could be, Jenny replies, but I've learned of a house that by all reports is definitely haunted. It's just a little way out of town. The Grey Mansion. It's been empty for a long time. The place is so haunted, weird, cursed, whatever you want to call it, that no one will go near it. I called you to see if you'd like to go out there with me this Saturday. Do we want to join Jenny and go to the Grey Mansion, or do we decide to hunt for Harlow Thromby's ghost instead? Wow, this seems like a huge choice. Yeah. I say it's a date. 
Oh, that kind of ghost hunting expedition. Okay. Nothing brings you to closer together than ghostly trauma. That's how I'm good friends with my sister-in-law. Perfect. <laughs> and Jenny did straight up say, if you'd like to go out there with me this Saturday. Aww. Listen. Well, and then in a, in a more serious um, note, uh, I feel like it would be good to be able to go with somebody to a haunted place and, you know, kind of get your feet under you. She's going to kill us, but I say we do it anyway. You need the experience. And then you could be like, <laughs> then you could be like, hey, now that we've had date number one, let's do date number two and go back to where we first met. Yeah, Harlow Thrombies mansion. We we met because of a man's death, and now you will be the source of my death because you're definitely going to betray me when we go on this ghost hunting date. Absolutely. Yeah, romance is never a good sign in horror. <laughs> All right. When we arrive at Jenny's house on Saturday, she greets us excitedly. The gray mansion is still empty, she says. Then what are we waiting for, you reply. Nothing now that I found my flashlight, Jenny answers. Fantastic. There is a light drizzle falling, and the sky has an oppressive leaden look when you reach the top of a hill and look up at the huge Tudor house. Its turrets lean, and its porches sag from decades of neglect. The massive front door is bolted shut, but halfway around the house, you find an unlocked door that leads to a butler's pantry. You've hardly reached the somber, musty hallway when you hear a wailing, moaning sound that rises and falls in pitch over and over. This way, Jenny says, her voice a little shaky. You follow her into a large room with massive oak tables and chests and chairs covered with dark brown leather. Your eyes fix on the great stone fireplace. The wailing sound is louder now, and it's coming straight from the fireplace. Okay, before I go to page 15, do we think it's just the wind, or is it going to be a ghost? Don't worry, Jenny, it's just the wind. I'll protect you. Okay, now yeah. we're definitely going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just let me hug you a little bit closer. Your, your voice is so shaky, you must be cold. It's then it's definitely the wind if you're so cold. Oh, turning to page 15, maybe it's only the wind, you say. <laughs> Jenny really? clutches your arm tightly. I told you, I told you. The wind never sounds like that. Then I guess it's a ghost. <laughs> this is so good. Jenny places her mouth close to your ear. If we're going to trap it, we have to surround it. One of us must go up on the roof and shine the flashlight down the chimney while the other watches the fireplace. How can we get up on the roof? I noticed an upstairs porch on the left side of the house, Jenny answers. It wouldn't be hard to swing onto the roof from there. Do you want to try it or shall I? Do we go to the roof, or do we send Jenny up to the roof? Here's the thing. If we go to the roof, we die. That's just the way <laughs> things work. We will slip, we will fall, and we will die. If Jenny does it, she might Jenny dies. Die. She might die. She might be more dexterous than us. We've done enough of these now that I know that if we can die, we will die. Mm, that's fair logic. However, um, if we're trying to impress this girl, um, <laughs> we need to show off her muscles and climb up to the roof. That's a good point. But also, counterpoint, counterpoint, if we're shining the light down the chimney, the ghost is probably going to come out into the living room. Do we want to be there when the ghost comes out and, you know, have our own ghostly experience? Or do we want to subject uh, our little girlfriend to it? Jenny? Mm, yeah, Jenny. Okay. We're the ghost hunters. Jenny. We should get the ghost. I just, I just don't want to die. Fine. Okay, send her to the roof. Send her to the roof. <laughs> All right. Jenny, you're more dexterous than us. Go on up to the roof. You stand by the fireplace, ready to capture the ghost if Jenny scares it out. The wailing and moaning have stopped, and you wonder if it's because the ghost knows you're tracking it down. 
Perhaps it's like a wild animal that, once it knows it's being stalked, freezes and waits, ready to fight or flee if its adversary comes upon it. Very slowly, you inch toward the fireplace. You bend down to look up the chimney. As you stoop, your eye catches a painting on the wall, one of those portraits that is painted so the eyes seem to follow you wherever you move. You stop, hypnotized by those eyes. You wonder if you're looking at a painting of a man whose ghost now haunts his house. You shiver as the chill air coming down the chimney seems to wrap around you. Suddenly a scream from Jenny up on the roof. It's in the attic. I've got to get down. I almost fell. Do we run to the upstairs porch to see if we can help Jenny, or do we run upstairs to the attic to catch the ghost? Attic. Jenny, look. Is Jenny a liability? Is Jenny that what is... you're about to say? No, what I'm saying is Jenny's been dead this whole time. She's a ghost. And she's, oh. a, she's a bad ghost. She's trying to hurt you by making you run. You have to go to the attic and find the nice ghost who's going to be like, Hey, Jenny's been luring people here for decades. If that is the twist, then I will buy you something. I, we'll figure <laughs> it out later. Okay, I get a, I get to pick um, what he buys you. <laughs> okay. okay. All right, let's go get, it. Let's go get the ghost because now I want that to be it. <laughs> All right, we run to the attic. You rush up to the attic and boldly throw open the door. Before you is a thin, frail figure. His face is pale and his eyes have a hollow look. He turns and lurches towards you. You start to scream, but stop. It's not a ghost, but a live boy. About what? 16, you'd guess. His face has a gentle expression and he looks more frightened than frightening. Please don't tell them about me, he begs. You step forward to look more closely at this poor tattered figure. Who are you? My name is Lewis. I ran away from home. I've been living here for two months. I make these weird noises to scare people away. If they find out I'm not a ghost, they'll kick me out and I have no other place to stay. You ran away from home and you have no other place to stay? Okay, okay, Lewis, whatever. Okay. I was gonna say he could be he could be like our our uh, like our little uh, he could live with us. Yeah, come live with me and my ghost hunter girlfriend. Yes! <laughs> it's like a family! Speaking of your ghost hunter girlfriend, hello, are you up in the attic? It's Jenny's voice from downstairs. She must have safely gotten off the roof. Or she floated down to the, to the yeah. Yep. I still stand by my, my assertion. You call back, yes, come on up. Turning back to Lewis, you introduce yourself, but Lewis does not offer to shake hands. Hmm. Germs. Ghost. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost germs. Why did you leave home, you ask? It must have been pretty bad for you to choose this kind of life. Lewis suddenly sits down on the floor and leans back against the wall, staring into space. You wonder whether he's forgotten you're there. Are you in here? Comes Jenny's voice again. She's at the top of the attic stairs. Over here, you yell. And to Lewis, you say, meet my friend Jenny. Jenny runs up beside you, stopping short as she spots Lewis. Why, you're not a ghost, she says to him. But if you don't start eating more, soon you will be. <laughs> Lewis smiles for the first time and slowly gets to his feet. He ran away from home, you explain to Jenny. I lived with my uncle, Lewis says. He was drunk a lot and... Oh boy, this took a turn. <laughs> I wonder if this is going to be comedic or, or just spooky. Neither. Oh man. Just sad. Just sad. Just sad. I bet you'd like a hot bath and a good meal, Jenny says. You can come over to my place, you add. We'll fix you up. Thanks. Thank you very much, Lewis says. He walks over to the corner of the attic, gathers up some clothes strewn on the floor, and stuffs them in a backpack. Then he follows you and Jenny down the stairs and out of the house. Lewis, is there anyone else you could live with besides your uncle? Jenny asks as the three of you walk down the road. His face brightens for a moment. My half-brother lives in Alaska. 
He said I could come up and live with him, but I'd have to raise my own bus fare, and that's a lot of money. Maybe so, you say, but we'll help you find a way. You could even join our team of ghost hunters, Jenny says with a laugh. After all, you've had valuable experience living in that haunted house. Oh, I don't know if I want to be a ghost hunter, Lewis says, but I'm pretty good at carpentry. Great, you say. I know a builder. I'm sure he could use you on his crew. Lewis, says Jenny emphatically, you're already halfway to Alaska. The end. Wait. What? This was the least dramatic. That's it? That was the least dramatic, least scary. You know what? That's the end? That's the end. That's an ending. I'm, I'm assuming that's the good ending. Apparently. Did we just get the best ending on the first I go? I feel like we did. Because here's the thing. Morally, it's fantastic. We're helping this kid get a better life. And he needs it. This kid's been through a lot. Um. Also, Jenny and us, we're like eh, clicking. We're gonna we're helping like basically raise this child for a few months. So like, mm-hmm. we already know we can have a family together. I'm saying best case scenario. Yeah? I don't trust it. Uh, we got to go back and make a different choice and see if they're all good. What if we go on the roof? Well, then we'll die. Well, for now, I'm just going to mark this down as best case scenario. (laughs) And then we'll go back to our last decision point. There's not as many decision points in this one, I'm noticing. Uh, But the last decision point we could have had was running upstairs to the attic or running to the upstairs porch to see if we can help Jenny. The porch it is? You run upstairs and out onto the second floor porch. Jenny is clinging to the roof, slowly working her way down. The roof is too steep. She slips. She's sliding off the roof. You reach out and grab her wrist. Pulling with all your strength, you lift her up to the porch railing. Thanks, Jenny says, shaking as she slides off the railing onto the porch. That face! It was horrible. Please, let's get out of here. You and Jenny head back down the hill, happy you've escaped from the Grey Mansion alive and sane. You didn't trap a ghost, but at least you found one. Or so it seems. And you can consider yourself a fully qualified ghost hunter. The end. What? (laughs) I guess also the good ending. No, it's not. That kid is just up there. Yeah, we kind of spoiled it for ourselves by getting the good ending first, it turns out. I guess. I still don't trust it. I still think she's a ghost. How else did she fall off the roof and totally end up okay? Because we caught her. But we didn't in the other one. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe she didn't fall in the other one. Maybe she was able to get down safely, but because of our amazing good looks. She was distracted. She was distracted, and so she slipped. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Point. Man. This one is a little bit of a skunk. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, what happens if we don't go with Jenny at all? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, it seems like Jenny just wants to smooch. And we're mm. ghost hunters, not smooch hunters. We're going to be both if you're Zach Bagans. I'm going to mark this one down as a no smooch ending. No smooch ending. <laughs> and we're going to forget about Jenny. Jenny led us to a place. She's like, this place is definitely super wicked haunted. And what happened? There was a little boy who had a drunk uncle. I mean, we saved him, which is good. That's the best case scenario. But we also didn't get haunted by a ghost. Yeah, Jenny's dumb. And honestly, when we made this choice, Jenny said, hey, come up with me on Saturday. Why didn't we ghost hunt? You know what? We'll still do that. We're just going to ghost hunt first immediately, jump into our own thing, and then we'll meet up with her later. Ooh, mm-hmm. What if that is? Mm-hmm. What if that's a choice later on? Mm-hmm. Could be. All right. So we're not going to join Jenny. That was a lame date. We're going to hunt for Harlow Thromby's ghost instead. Yeah. You decide, first of all, to pay a ghost on Howard Grimstone, the new owner of the Thromby house. 
You're sitting at your desk thinking about what to ask him when a woman appears at your front door. I'm Sylvia Rustin, Jane Thromby's niece, she says. May I come in? Of course. You take a close look at your visitor as you usher into your office. She is a rather plump, round-faced woman, in her forties, you'd guess. Her skin is so fair you imagine she must sunburn very easily. Her yellowish hair is curly. She looks as if she has a basically happy nature, but right now she seems tense and anxious. You had heard that Jane Thromby had left most, of, left most of her money to Sylvia, and you're curious to know what brought her to see you. Sit down, what seems to be the problem? You motion her toward the old, the old couch next to your desk. I'm penniless and I should be rich! What a problem. <laughs> Girl, me too! <laughs> oh, man. You search Sylvia's eyes for a clue to her character. What do you mean? I heard you inherited most of your Aunt Jane's wealth. Everything except the house. Sylvia leans towards you. Aunt Jane provided in her will that the house and furniture be sold and the proceeds given to charity. All her money and jewels were left to me. But before she died, she put her money into diamonds. She even told me how many. There were 37. One of them was the famous Khartoum Star, one of the largest diamonds in the world. She hid them in a red leather box, and I'm the only one who knows it. The house has been sold, but I'm sure the diamonds are still in it. In fact, I think I know exactly where they are. Aunt Jane once showed me her secret hiding place, behind a wood panel in the right rear corner of the cedar closet in the attic. What do you know about Howard Grimstone, the new owner? Not much, Sylvia replies with a shrug, but there are a lot of rumors about him. I've heard he's a big drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a rumor that he's in the arms smuggling business and that he makes bombs for terrorists. <laughs> wow. This is already a much better choice. Yeah, this is the drama route. Holy cow. And we, the kind we, still, of we still may be able to smooch her. Uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Wait, do, do we want to smooch Sylvia? Why not? Listen. She got money, if we can find it for her. She's also 40-ish years old. Uh, I guess it doesn't say how old we are in this We're book. We're detectives. Why not? Yeah. Why can't I be like some noir 40-something retired detective? Eh, what do you know <laughs> about the diamonds, eh? Fillmore? I'm projecting too much of myself as like an eight-year-old reading these books in my elementary school <laughs> library onto this character. Honestly, that's the only way they should be read. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, uh, yes, that's not the kind of man you could ask to help you look for diamonds, I guess, you say. By now, you can see that this is going to be a tricky case, and it will delay your new career as a ghost hunter. Besides, you're not really sure you can help. Do we tell Sylvia we don't think we can help her, or do we tell her we'll think about it? Think about it. Well, no. If we're going to go ghost hunting in this house, what if, por, por que no los dos? What if we just take the diamond and don't tell her about it? Mm. I don't know if this will work, but what if we just say we can't help her and then go steal her diamonds? If, we're no better than the drunk uncle. The drunkle. Or the drug-dealing... <laughs> arms, arms dealer. dealer <laughs> yeah. Bomb maker. Oh, man. Do we straight up lie to her and hope that we have plausible deniability for when we steal the diamonds off for ourselves, Or do we negger a little bit? Do we lead her on until we'll think about it? Here's the thing. We'll think about it isn't like a yes. That's true. And so we still have plausible deniability if we show yeah. up and are like, oh, the diamonds disappeared? I didn't go to that place. Oh, I told you I would think about it. Okay, we'll think about it. Thank you, Christian. <laughs> okay. After Sylvia Rustin leaves, you sit at your desk and wonder how you can possibly help her. 
If you take the case, you'll hardly be able to call up Grimstone and ask if you can search for a closet in his attic. If you were to tell him what you were looking for, the diamonds would surely vanish by the time you got there. You tilt back, feet on your desk, eyes closed. A loud knocking interrupts your thoughts. Opening the door, you find a rather short, stocky man. His oily, graying hair is slicked back over his head. A close-shaven mustache looks like a line of grease paint over his thin, almost non-existent upper lip. I'm Howard Grimstone. <laughs> I heard you are a private detective, and I need your help. You try to hide your astonishment. Well, please come in! You mush into the same old couch Sylvia Rustin recently vacated. What's your problem? It's the strangest thing, Grimstone begins, in what strikes you as a rather phony tone of voice. I recently bought a house owned by Jane Thromby, who died a few months ago. It's a great house, suits my needs in every way, but it has one problem. Grimstone leans forward as if to add emphasis to his statement. And what's the problem? Ghosts! The place is haunted! Yes! Dagum! <laughs> Turns out... Strange wailing sounds and lights. My employees and I can't get a good night's sleep. That's bad enough, but other things have been happening. Last night, the crystal chandelier began swaying wildly. Then some of the crystals crashed over the dining room table. One of my men was cut by flying glass. I've never believed in ghosts before, but I'm telling you there's one in that house. What do you want me to do? Grimstone leans forward, his thin lips stretch into some sort of smile. I need someone to find that ghost and get rid of it. I need a ghost hunter. I'll think about it and let you know in the morning, you say. What? No! What? The end! I, I say yes! <laughs> I say yes, book! Let me ghost hunt! Oh, man. I love how, like, the book starts with, you're a ghost hunter now, and then it just leads you on to the point where eventually someone is like, I need a ghost hunter. Good writing. You just start in the action. Start with the person saying, hey, I need a ghost hunter. Uh-huh. <laughs> but in any case, after a the second person in a row that we've said, I'll think about it and let you know in the morning. As he turns and leaves, Grimstone says, I'll make it worth your while. Okay, this case is getting very interesting. Whom should you work for? Sylvia Rustin or Howard Grimstone? Howard Grimstone! Grimstone because then you can just find the diamonds while you're there! Yeah, we've got the inn. We don't need to worry about how we're going to get into the house. We just tell this man, hey, we're going to hunt for a ghost. Oh, I need to go up into your attic. Ghosts are always in attics. Do, 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 do. What's this? A closet full of diamonds? Well, sorry, Mr. Grimstone. I couldn't find your ghost. Bye-bye. You know? Bye-bye. You feel me? Sorry, Sylvia. I decided not to take your case. Bye-bye. <laughs> Hello, island. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this book, however, is trying to bring our morals into this. It wouldn't seem Ooh. right to for both of them without telling them what you're doing, yet that doesn't make sense. You'd be more inclined to work for Grimstone because you want to be a ghost hunter. But on the other hand, you don't like the idea of working for a criminal. Still, Grimstone isn't asking you to do anything illegal, so why not take the case? Also, we don't know that he's building bombs for terrorists. <laughs> this is alleged. That's a rumor. Allegedly. Yes. But maybe we could prove it. Yet, we feel some loyalty to Sylvia Rustin because she came to us first. You can't just let your thoughts go around in circles like this. You've got to make a decision. Do we work for Sylvia Rustin or Howard Grimstone? I say Howard. I feel like morals are irrelevant. Yeah. This, decision. this book is about being a ghost hunter. Let's go be a friggin' ghost hunter. Exactly. It's not Be Detective Part 2. Be Detective Part 2. All right. When we call Grimstone to tell him we're taking the case, he asks you to stop over that evening. 
You set out for his house right after dinner with your miniature high-intensity flashlight tucked into your pocket. This book has a thing for flashlights. It's, Somehow you think you might need it. It's the only ghost hunting equipment that existed in the 80s, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, if you look at if you look at all the other like ghost shows, they don't have lights on. If, if specifically on Ghost Avengers, they'll specifically point out they can't see anything right now. <laughs> like, I'm just I'm just questioning the methods because Ghost Adventures obviously is the pinnacle. Is the pinnacle of yeah. Ghost they've hunting. got the secret sauce. <laughs> it's Szechuan. If, if they don't turn, I'm oh the Szechuan sauce, the McDonald's Szechuan sauce was actually really good, and they should bring it back <laughs> full time. But that's neither here nor there. PSA. <laughs> so we've got our miniature high intensity flashlight tucked in our pocket. And walking up to the door, the great oak door of the huge Victorian house, you think back to the first time you came here, the night of Harlow Thromby's murder. Things have changed a lot since then. A high wrought iron fence now surrounds the property. They basically just, they thematically changed everything about the house that they needed to turn into a ghost hunting adventure. Exactly. <laughs> Wonderful. Good choice. There are thick cedar hedges planted so that it's not possible to see any of the ground floor windows from the street. The place resembles a fortress more than a gentleman's estate. As you approach the house, you hear fierce barking. Startled, you turn. For the first time, you notice the large dog pen attached to one side of the house. Two huge mastiffs are raging at you from the other side of a chain-link fence. You shudder to think what would happen if they got out. The front door opens before you reach it. That's a bad sign. A hulking, square-shouldered man appears. His stiff, bristly hair looks like steel wool. A grotesque smile is fixed on his face. I hope those dogs can't get out, you say. The man laughs. <laughs> You don't like our pets? Don't worry, their gate won't open unless we push a button inside the house. That's nice to know, you reply, not offering to shake hands. Is Mr. Grimstone home? <laughs> Come in, my young friend. Don't be put off by Kenny. He has no ma- Oh, that's Mr. Grimstone's <laughs> Come in, my young friend. Don't be put off by Kenny. He has no manners. You walk past Kenny into the great house. It has a much more somber look than you remember. The walls have been covered with dark chestnut paneling. The floors, which used to be polished and shining, are covered with a dark brown stain. Ugh. Grimstone shows you into the library. He looks you up and down as if he were measuring you for new clothes. The ghost starts making noises every night at about 8 o'clock. It's almost 8 now. I'm going to have to leave you alone for a while. I have to discuss business with my associates in the dining room. Grimstone gives you a funny look. Do you want to wait here until the noise begins, or do you want to explore the house? Explore the house. All right. Ghost hunting and by time, that I mean, finally. go straight to the attic, get the diamonds, and get out. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Let him uh, be I, I'd just as soon get started exploring the house, you say. That's perfectly fine, Grimstone replies pleasantly. Too pleasantly. You can go anywhere. We have no secrets here. Oh, boy. This is the moment where I, Ned, am like, this is getting very sinister. It's but, so evil. But, like, this is all through the viewpoint of a very, very flawed narrator. That's like, true. This guy could just be, like, obsequiously nice for no reason. It's just a cultural thing we don't get. And he's freaked out for no reason. I mean, could be. that's not what, what's happening. Like I said, if you, if you can die, you will. Yeah. But, like, maybe, maybe, I mean, if we didn't have this supposed rumor that he's a drug arms bomb dealer drug yeah. arms then maybe we wouldn't see it as like a threatening way yeah we're just projecting our biases and our 
preconceived notions onto this very nice man who has an incredibly thin, disgusting mustache. <laughs> and he could use a bath. That greasy, oily, slicked back hair ain't doing much of a favor for him. Maybe he had, like, um, a really good burger beforehand and it just got really messy. <laughs> oh, vile. I'm sorry. I regretted it. <laughs> Oh, man. As the two of you walk through the downstairs hall, he motions to the dining room where Kenny and three other men are seated at the dining room table. Excuse me, I have some business to conduct with these gentlemen. He enters the dining room, closing the door behind him. You stand in the hallway a moment, thinking. Everything about Grimstone, his thuggish lackey, the high iron fence outside, the huge guard dogs, all confirm Sylvia's opinion of him as a professional criminal. Yeah. Yet he's given you the run of the house to look for ghosts. It's odd. So the book is even confirmed that we are projecting our preconceived notions onto this man. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> You'd like to find evidence of ghosts, but to tell the truth, you're even more curious to find out whether Jane Thromby's diamonds are hidden in the attic cedar closet. Fact. This may be your only chance while no one is watching you. Do we go directly to the attic and search the cedar closet, or we'd explore the house room by room working our way up to the attic? Diamonds! Attic. All right, go to page 66. That's only one digit away from being a very bad thing for us. Evil. Flashlight in hand, you climb the broad carpeted staircase leading to the second story. At the top, you face a long hallway with rooms on either side. Halfway down the hall, a short passageway leads to the steps to the third floor. At the top of those steps is a door. You pull it open. Before you are steps leading to the attic. A flick of the switch produces a dim light at the top of the stairs. As you climb the creaky stairs, you glance at your watch. It's eight o'clock now. The hour of the ghost. A board slips beneath your feet and you gasp. A few steps further, you stop short. Something is moving above you. Then you realize it's only your own shadow. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, whatever, dude. By the time you reach the top of the stairs, you're ready to laugh at yourself for being so jumpy. <laughs> now, shining your flashlight, you walk into the dim, cavernous recesses of the attic. You pass a door. This could be the door to the cedar closet. You're about to open it when a wave of fear runs through your body. You have a strong sensation that someone is watching you nearby. You can't see or hear anything, but you feel an overwhelming sense of danger. Then you remember how you felt coming up the stairs, jumping at your own shadow. Maybe you're just nervous, but maybe you've perceived something real. Do we open the door, or do we pass by the door and circle back down the stairs? Open the door! We've come too far. We can't go back now. You pull the door open by the fragrant aroma you know that you've found the cedar closet. Yeah. You've almost forgotten about ghosts as you hurry to the back of the closet. If you can call it that, it's as big as a small room. You shine your light on the panel next to the floor at the rear right corner. Kneeling down, you take your pocket knife and insert a blade edge between the floor and the panel. Your heart leaps as the panel flips open. You pull it back and shine your light on the small leather box. You unlatch the lid and lift it up. The box is filled with diamonds. Yes! This is all the good glistening. We won. We won. <laughs> yes. All glistening and sparkling in the beam of your flashlight. Then you feel the presence, this time behind you. Nope. You whirl your light around. A sack descends over your head and powerful hands squeeze your throat. Everything goes black. The end. So, uh, the best ending, huh? I, we got diamonds. Look, we yeah. died a rich man. We <laughs> died a <wins>. rich man. <laughs> oh man, uh, the there's a lot of emotions about this one, so I'm just going to mark this down as objectively as I can. Died a rich man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Okay, so that ended poorly for us, I think, in the long term. Objectively, I guess. Yeah, we didn't get any smooches from Jenny, and we didn't get to keep the diamonds. So let's let's backtrack a little bit. Our last possible decision point was whether we just circled that back down to the stairs, or we could potentially go back a little further and start exploring rooms one by one. What do we think? I say we circle back because we might see big lunky Kenny following us or something. We might be able to slip him. Because I think that's that true. Us. I think Lenny. I think Lenny. Was it Lenny? Kenny? Kenny. 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 Like Kenny, Kenny Loggins. Kenny. Yeah, steel wool Kenny. We walk past the cedar closet. If someone is watching, you don't want them to see where the diamonds are hidden. You're feeling increasingly nervous. In fact, you'd like to get out of this house as fast as possible. No, I don't. I want to find a ghost. <laughs> no. Show me a ghost. Show me the ghosties. Yeah, this book is all about ghost hunting, and we have yet to see a ghost. I mean, obviously, it was Kenny who killed us in the previous one, not Could some ghost. Because ghosts a bag hurt people. Go That's right. That's right. Just like Professor Zubat told us. <laughs> as he screeched at us. <laughs> yes. We quicken our step and start down the stairs. Our flashlight beam falls on a picture hung on the wall. Wait, there's something strange about that picture. People don't usually hang pictures by the attic stairs. Okay, apparently. I, I, sorry, that's a decoration taboo I wasn't aware of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's definitely something I learned in Animal Crossing. <laughs> we pull the picture away from the wall and find a loudspeaker. As you put the picture back on the wall, a wailing moaning sound like the anguished cry of a ghost blasts in your ears. The sound is clearly coming from the speaker. This ghost is a tape recording. Are there no ghosts in this ghost book? There needs to be a ghost in this book. Like, this is our equivalent of getting hanged. We need to find a ghost somewhere <laughs> in this book. <laughs> Listen, uh, honestly, at this point, I think we just need to go on a spree and create some ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We race down the stairs and find Grimstone waiting in the downstairs hall. Well, did you find any ghosts? He demands. It's a modern ghost you have here, Mr. Grimstone, recorded on tape. You're a smart little devil. Thanks for the compliment. I must be on my way, you say airily. As you are speaking... <laughs> Gosh. The, the guts this guy has. As you are speaking, you hear someone behind you. It's Kenny. You feel sure he was following you all along, that Grimstone was hoping you would give away the location of the diamonds. He obviously concocted the ghost business to entice you into searching the house. Why is there no ghost in this book? <laughs> this is the worst book ever. Shall we make a ghost out of this kid? <gasps> Kenny asks, a terrible leer on his stubby face. Shut up, Grimstone snarls. Show the kid out. Okay, that, this is a bad move on Grimstone's part because we have evidence that this man just threatened to straight up murder us. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. The Cave of Time had time. Yeah. Why don't we... Why is it ghost hunting? Sonic had Sonic. <laughs> Why don't we get a ghost? <laughs> well, here, let, let, let me finish out this page real quick. <laughs> okay, okay, maybe we get a ghost. Yes, Kenny holds the door for you and you waste no time on further goodbyes. You've found no ghost, but you've solved a mystery of sorts and you're still alive and well, which is a pretty good accomplishment for anyone who has had dealings with Howard Grimstone the end. Now, I'm not gonna lie, I thought they were gonna, as we were walking out, press the button and let the dogs, and let the dogs out. Oh, who that let the dogs good. out? Exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to mark this ending down as... Stupid. Didn't stupid. die. No. <laughs> yes. No, no ghosts in the book. <laughs> no ghosts in the book. Feeling this discouraged. This book is a lie. <laughs> no ghosts. 
feeling discouraged. Okay, so at this point, like, it's it's time for us to end the episode, but we need to come back and find an actual friggin' ghost in this ghost. book. Look, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be straight with you. If there, uh, if there isn't one, I'm gonna rewrite, I'm gonna write a different ending, and I'm just gonna send it to you. <laughs> or, or, maybe we can find another one that has ghosts. Well, we don't know, we won't know until we get to the end. Here's what I'm gonna do, Ned. We'll come back to this. Absolutely. If, if none of our endings we come into have a book, or if none of the endings... <laughs> if none of the... You said it so confidently. If none of the endings we come to have a ghost, I'm going to write one, and I'm going to send it to you. But I'm going to preemptively write one, assuming that this book has misled us. So okay. Okay. Be on the lookout for that. I'm going to hold out a little bit of hope because we have experienced some of the other works of good old Edward Packard before. In the Cave of Time, we know that Nessie exists. And in Space Vampire, we know that vampires exist. <laughs> they come from a big old planet in outer space. I'm holding out some hope, at least, that this man, Edward Packard, the author of the Choose Your Own Adventure book series, is maybe, maybe there's like one thread that's actually going to show us a ghost. We just got to find it. Yeah, come on, Ed. I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling so disheartened. I'm ready I'm for- I'm wondering. I'm ready to be surprised. I'm wondering, because he does, I feel like he does a lot of foreshadowing. If, I feel like it would be foreshadowing. Um, and if not, then they're just really weird details. Um, but I'm wondering, like, if we end up taking Sylvia's half. If she was a ghost. <gasps> mm -hmm. She was all pale and stuff. Could be. I don't think we shook her hand. That's no, right. We, we we patently refused to shake everybody. We're the ghost. <gasps> it's a sixth <laughs> sense. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, okay, well, we're gonna come back to this book because I'm holding out some hope that we will find a ghost and that it's not just going to be us the whole time. 100%. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll get there, we'll get there. Unfortunately, we have to wait for a little bit because we've reached the end of this episode. But in the meantime, everybody, thanks for listening to Improv Tabletop. We'll be yeah. back next time with another bonus episode exploring the wonderful, thrilling career of being a ghost hunter where it turns out that maybe there isn't actually a ghost, but we'll find That's out. We'll see, we'll see. <laughs> but if you want more of these episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as a little boy who's able to go and live in Alaska with his cousin and be a carpenter for the rest of his life <laughs> if you would give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop. So if you'd like to connect with us there, you know, maybe you want to talk with Christian about the new ending that he's going to write for this <laughs> book when we inevitably don't run into a ghost. Give him ideas. Yeah, don't be afraid to reach out. Let's do a little round of plugs. We've got our fake campaigns that are a good old time, lots of fun. And we'd like to be able to bring those back at some point. So if you would like to be able to help us bring those back at some point, then consider joining our Patreon because the more patrons we got, the more bonus episodes we'll be able to release and we'll be able to do fit campaigns along with whatever campaign we're doing at the time. And, you know, get some more of these bonus episodes, these choose your own adventure books as well, because they're turned out to be a lot more fun than I anticipated them to be actually. <laughs> 
see, we've also got Impetab Avatar 10,000 Things, our Avatar Legends campaign that both of these two lovely humans were part of. We've got Impetab Avatar Blades in the Dao Fae that only one of these lovely humans is a part of currently, but maybe so, we'll have some guest spots, maybe? So Who knows? Uh, we've also got iCast Fireball, a D&D 5e actual play going through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. We've definitely had guests on that show. And we're also an affiliate with Fanroll Dice. This is the part where I legitimately shill out a part of my soul for a corporate overlord in hopes of making a little bit of extra money. <laughs> if you want to buy some cool dice, go to fanrolldice.com, use coupon code VroomVroomFeef to get 10% off your order, and part of those proceeds will go to me and the rest of the podcast. Actually, most of it reasonably, realistically, will go to Caleb so he can edit more episodes <laughs> <Yeah>. for us. <laughs> Which, thank you in advance, Caleb, for editing this exact episode that you, the listener, are listening to right now. Thanks, Caleb. But in the meantime, thanks for joining us here on Improv Tabletop. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and person who's read a lot of words, and I've been joined by... McKenna Steele. I will get the ghosts eventually. Christian Randall. I just hope we see at least one. Who are you going to call? <laughs> Much love and stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next time on Improv Tabletop.